Hi everybody, I'm Riley Daniel, and this is The Next Generation Voter, the only podcast of the next gen, by the next gen, for the next gen. Today I will be talking about an issue that has seen a gargantuan increase in importance over the last two weeks, the right to protest. I will be looking at the legal guarantees that are provided to protesters, as well as those that are provided to police who are tasked with enforcing the laws regarding demonstrations. Then, I will look take a look at how and where we draw the line between protesters and looters, and how the enforcement measures against those two groups vastly differ. Finally, at the end of the show, I will share some advice to anyone who plans on going to a protest so that they can do so safely and legally. The right to protest is a freedom established in the First Amendment to the Constitution, which states, quote, that the state shall make no law abridging the right of the people to assemble peacefully. The Founding Fathers recognized that the ability for people to assemble is a fundamental part of a democracy, therefore necessitating its protection. In fact, the Boston Massacre, one of the events that triggered the American Revolution, was an unnecessarily violent response to an assembly of citizens by British soldiers. The violence that they used to respond was one of the factors that led to the colonists needing to declare war on the British. Ever since, Americans have used their right to protest and show their dissatisfaction with various injustices, such as when Susan B. Anthony used marches to achieve women's right to vote, when MLK organized his marches to counter segregation, and when anti-war protesters demonstrated against the atrocities of the Vietnam War, which led to Richard Nixon pulling us out of the war. When done peacefully, effectively, and with structure, these historical precedents show that protests can be tremendous tools to bringing about the social change that the demonstrators are looking for. In the last two weeks, the number of demonstrations have increased in number by leaps and bounds, mainly as a response to one event, the homicide of George Floyd. Floyd, an African-American man, was taken into the custody of the Minneapolis Police Department after a grocery store clerk called the police to complain that he suspected Floyd of using a counterfeit $20 bill. The odds are likely that even if the bill he used to pay was counterfeit, He didn't know because most of the time when patrons give us a counterfeit bill, they don't even know it's false, according to the owner of the store. Now, the police, instead of undergoing an investigation, talking to people, and figuring out if A, the bill was counterfeit, and B, if Floyd knew, just immediately arrested him. Now, instead of detaining him peacefully as he posed no threat and made no attempt to escape custody, Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin kneeled on Mr. Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes, including for more than two and a half minutes while Mr. Floyd was unconscious. George's last words ended up being recorded on video as he asked the officer to please let him breathe. That is horrific. A man having to ask to breathe, a right given to him by God. As soon as this video of him being killed was recorded and put on the internet, people began to take to the streets and attempt to recoup justice for the unlawful killing of George Floyd and to create change in the policies and protocols of police departments across the country in order to prevent the continued use of excessive force, especially against African-Americans. The day after Floyd's death, demonstrations began in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Two days later, the protests had spread to cities all across the country, including New York, Houston, Seattle, Boston, and Atlanta. In total, over the last 
two weeks as the protests have continued to spread, there have been demonstrators numbering in the hundreds of thousands, including demonstrations in all 50 states as well as 18 foreign countries, making the protests this month the largest ever demonstration for civil rights. As the number of protesters continue to rise over the course of the last 10 days, as has the amount of chaos. Recently, horrific scenes have begun to emerge of peaceful protesters being overrun with rioters and looters. These outside instigators began to harass and cajole police by launching bottle rockets, throwing stones, and setting fires. At this point, the protest began to turn from a matter of the issues at hand, that is, police justice, to a fight to uphold the sacred First Amendment right to protest. Facing off against violence and chaos, police decided to respond with force, firing rubber bullets and tear gas at the assembled crowds. However, because it is impossible to ascertain as to who was a peaceful protester and who were looters, the police, in many places, began beating and gassing entire crowds. Yes, you heard me correctly. The police were gassing their own people who were exercising their constitutional rights with a weapon, tear gas, that is currently banned for use in war. If that does not scare you, I don't know what will. I absolutely believe that in order to protect themselves, police should be able to respond to dangerous rioters with force. However, to assume that all protesters are guilty of the actions of very few and therefore exercise violence against them is contrary to the fundamental axiom of the justice system, that people are innocent until proven guilty. But that is not the case for these protesters. As tensions have ramped up over the course of many nights of protests, some cops have gone from only using force to protect themselves when provoked, to using it on demonstrators without provocation and without repercussions. In New York and LA, police officers have run into peaceful demonstrators with squad cars, clearly making no attempt to help de-escalate the tensions, instead committing assault. In Buffalo, New York, a 75-year-old man was pushed over by police officers, causing him to hit his head on the sidewalk. Not only was this action unprovoked, the officers initially claimed that he had simply fallen and hit his head before changing their story only after video of the incident was released. In Minneapolis, a resident who was standing on their front porch while demonstrations were going on nearby was hit with paint canisters despite not being involved. As you can see from these examples, the police have used the chaos caused by the protests against excessive police brutality to enact more police brutality. Recently, this brutality has gotten even fiercer with the addition of the National Guard, which has been called in by several state governors as well as mayors across the country. In many cases, the mere threat of the military has been enough to keep the peace, but in Washington, D.C., that was not the case. President Trump, in order to cross through a crowd of peaceful protesters who had congregated in Lafayette Square across from the White House, authorized the use of tear gas as well as the firing of bullets by the DC National Guard in order to take a photo at a church across the plaza. Although this move triggered appropriately outraged response, the fact that the National Guard was used to violently 
oppressed citizens exercising their First Amendment rights at the behest of the president is scary. That's like dictator-level control. The right to protest is a fundamental right to democracy. And the fact that the police and military have been using violence against those exercising this right proves that the very democratic principles our country were founded upon are at risk. This is why it is absolutely necessary for our generation to fight for this right and against any institution that seeks to quash it. I am therefore very happy and very pleased to have seen pictures and videos of so many members of Gen Z among the protesters. Knowing that, and knowing that some of you are feeling inspired to protest against this use of excessive force, I decided to prepare some advice for demonstrations in order to help you guys protect your health and safety in the face of opposition. First off, do not, if you are a person who normally wears them, wear contact lenses because you can be rendered blind if the contact lenses are on and tear gas is sprayed because of the chemical reactions. Second, wear a mask. We, this is important. We need to be out there, but there is still a pandemic going on and we should still take every precaution we can to ensure that it does not spread any more than necessary. Do not riot. Do not loot. That is not helpful. Remain peaceful. Do not detract from the focus of the issues. Stay on task. Stay peaceful. Stay legal. Do not put anything solid in your pocket. The police, if there turns into a chaotic situation, could think it's a weapon. Write down on your arm or on your wrist or somewhere contact info and numbers in case you're arrested because the police, if you're arrested, will take your belongings and you won't be able to access your phone to find those contact information. Know it. Have it memorized or have it written down on you. Bring water and food. Don't, you don't want to faint. You don't want to be dehydrated. Act like it's a normal event. You got to keep yourself prepared. If the situation becomes tense, and I really hope it doesn't, don't run. Running makes you a target. As hard as it is to stay calm in the face of police officers with guns and absolute chaos, try your best. If there's a curfew in your area, obey it. It's an easy way to get arrested. You can do demonstrations without violating the laws. Find another time. Find another place. The curfews are there to keep us safe. Obey them. Lastly, if you are detained, pay attention to every detail you can. Get badge numbers. See how many officers there are. See what the conditions are. So that if your rights are violated, you can file a complaint and get the justice you deserve. That being said, I really hope that no one who is listening or who is not listening is put into a situation where they will be forced to use this piece of advice. It is absolutely better for both the message being espoused by the protesters and the safety of our communities that people are not detained and that there is not chaos. That being said, the right to protest is only as strong as the will of the people to use it. In the face of a threat to this important right, it is our responsibility to exercise it in as safe a way as possible in order to preserve it for the next generation of Americans.